It's Tuesday, April 15th, and Delicious Talk Podcast Episode 43 is the third installment of our Dallas TNT series. So hey, it's Nadine with Delicious Talk, and today we're chatting about uh, the mid-season finale of Dallas, uh, Season 3, Episode 8, where there's smoke, and I just want to share my thoughts because I have lots of them. First off, um, overall impression, I would give it a C. Some elements I enjoy, other elements I don't. And I would really love to see this series have long legs and have a long life ahead of it because I am a fan of the original Dallas, as anyone who's been following our series knows. Grew up watching it. I love the story of Dallas and the original characters, and without dwelling too much on it, I am not feeling the same connection with these the new generation. If it weren't for the fact that there's Bobby Ewing, Sue Ellen Ewing, you know, Cliff and um, and and Jr. When it first started, he's he's passed on now. If they weren't a part of it, I wouldn't continue watching. So that means that the writing is lacking in making an emotional connection with these new characters. I think the pacing is is way too fast. And it feels gimmicky oftentimes and disjointed. In the first season, it felt like they were staying very true to characterizations, and now they're straying from that. Prime example, Annie going to get romantically involved with Ryland is just so out of character and not an out-of-character move that is supported. The fact that he kidnapped her daughter when she was an infant fully intended to keep Emma away from her her entire life, did so for over 20 years, and she would now be able to reconnect with him romantically simply because Bobby got upset and told her Emma had to move after Emma started sleeping with John Ross, who's married in the under the same roof, clearly causing a problem. He had every right to be upset, so she could argue back with him and say, you know, it's my daughter and her life's, we're all under threat. But don't go running into Harris because the writers want to try to force them back together. That's absolutely ludicrous. So I don't, you know, I cannot go, I can't even follow that story because I just, it, it, it's insulting to my intelligence. Okay, moving on. <laughs> Another example of um, out-of-character behavior is Elena's complete 180 against the Ewings when Cliff tells her that Jr. had screwed her father out of the land. Um, it didn't make sense the way she reacted to suddenly go undercover in theory, but there just wasn't enough groundwork laid to support that. It just wasn't enough. JR has passed away. Finally, on this episode, she starts, you know, to, to, to do a complete 180 again and realize that she, her behavior has been completely nonsensical the entire season up to now. So the first seven episodes she's this you know i'm getting revenge and i can be play the phony and blah 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 and now all of a sudden no oh, i can't do this and this is wrong and i shouldn't be doing this to christopher it just doesn't you know you're giving us whiplash it doesn't work that way her character we need to be able to connect with her motivations and that goes for everyone, and I don't feel that connection at all. The only characters I feel emotionally connected to still, like I said in our last um, episode, is are the, the original cast, 
and they're still not even doing them justice anymore. I don't know if they've gotten new writers this season, but the, the writing is just very disjointed and it's losing me. Sue Ellen, going back to the bottle, I can accept that because she's Sue Ellen's been an alcoholic and that's a very realistic thing. However, the storyline of her being so obsessed with John Ross's love life, come on, really? You couldn't find anything better to do with Sue Ellen's character after she was running for governor of Texas? Oh, you know, a woman who was going to be governor suddenly now is consumed with her son's love life because it's reminding her of his father cheating on her? Really? I don't buy that. Sue Ellen's a, a, she's come too far to go reasoning like that. So I don't feel that the writing's been true to her character and continued her growth as a character. Even if something caused her to relapse, it shouldn't be her son's love life. I did enjoy the nod to the original show when jo John Ross has Sue Ellen committed. That's a plausible thing. Um, the circumstances that brought it about having to do with the shares and, you know, him wanting the vote, that was hearkening back to the, the meat and potatoes of why we love Dallas and what can go on in these battles with, uh, for power and control and in business. And that's what we should stick to. The mom being obsessed with her son's love life and hitting the bottle over it is just very weak writing. Yeah, and it's not just 13-year-olds who are watching this show. So, you know, you got to write for adults. You have to write for adult sensibilities, and that's how you connect with a large audience. That's how you get people hooked. Um, that storyline was very weak, right along with Elena and her vendetta with Cliff, and it was just very poorly executed, and there was zero tension in it because it was so ridiculous. I felt no tension. I really don't care um, w about the whole storyline. I'm just eager for them to find out that she's doing it and, and for it to be over. <laughs> because now they know and we can stop being tortured with her, you know, phony turn that really was not supported. Okay, so I'm going to stop ranting now, but I'm just very passionate because I want to see this show succeed. I love Dallas and it was good once. It can be good again, but you have to get the writer that can do it. Let's talk a little bit about the acting because there was a particular performance on this episode, uh, season three, episode eight, where there's smoke that just stood out as very bad. Anna Lynn McCord, who is playing Heather, Christopher's new love interest. I do like this storyline. I have liked her. What I found with this episode is that she seems to play the come hither teasing vixen a lot better than she can play mother in distress. Oh my God, what has he done to my son? When that camera focused on her in those moments when she is freaking out because um, her ex-husband has kidnapped her son, um, there was zero emoting from her face. It, she was trying, you could tell that she was trying to emote and show this. I don't know, if, but this actress's range is clearly limited, and those scenes were almost painful to watch. So that stuck out for me, so I have to say that. I didn't, I wasn't all that interested in the whole hunt for her son because I don't really feel like we know them that well yet. I feel like that was too intense a situation to introduce. This, the guy takes the son and he's gone and it's all resolved, you know, in a sitcom minute. I mean, I, I just feel like that was too intense. And so, you know, 
Christopher's, you know, and, and Bobby, they're running him down and we're supposed to be all into it. But I wasn't into it. There was no tension for me. It was just like, okay, whatever, let's see what happens. So I think, again, that, that shows that there's not enough of an emotional connection being made. And that's, I think, the fault of the writing, not even so much the acting, but the writing. Because, you know, in your head, you know, okay, she must be going through hell because he's taken her son and she doesn't know why and she doesn't know where so you intellectually know this that she's suffering but she wasn't able to translate that to the camera at all her acting was horrible on this episode i do still like her as a character and her storyline showing the average person a single mom juxtaposition you know and counterpoint to the wealthy ewings and i would like to see where that goes and i i, I see her character as the new jenna wade i like that so i i do think she needs some acting classes so she needs a better range <laughs> but i do like the the relationship um between she and christopher and i'd like to watch how that unfolds now, my thoughts about Pamela finding out about John Ross and Emma. I did like how that went down. I, I, I thought it was well done that Elena uh, didn't feel comfortable sending that video. Um, so I see that they started to try to show that she was beginning to have second thoughts about what she was doing. But I think she had gone to, into it way too far and too quick um, to now be, you know, backpedaling after she had you know, she's gone to such extent already. When, you know, Nicholas sends the video to Pamela, that was, I think that's, that's good. That was handled well. When Pamela uh, watches the video, her reaction was not what I would have expected. I mean, she was introduced as a much stronger character, and I don't understand what's happened to that Pamela, the Pamela who came into this family pretending to be someone else, hiding the fact that she was Cliff Barnes's daughter that was, you know, working at Barnes Global, you know, like a, a, a power woman. And now all of a sudden she's, you know, there's barely a mention in, in when they get back from the the honeymoon that she's, you know, needs something to do and she's trying to get into the Arctic play and all this stuff. But then, you know, now it's just all about being the, the, the wife of, of J of John Ross she turns into this, you know, sitting in the bathtub with the, the tub flowing. What was she going to do? Was she going to take a bath? I mean, she'd already gotten up for the day. So why is she in the tub or in the bathroom with the tub overflowing, sitting in a daze? I, I, I don't understand that reaction at all. I don't And I don't buy it. I don't think it's true to her character. So it kind of just was like, okay, let's see where this is going. When we see where it's going, uh, the, the scene she has with Sue Ellen, where she, you know, tells Sue Ellen, I'm not a weak drunk like you. And then it plays out that um, she actually is. Because now uh, she's taken these pills and she's gone to the hotel. She found track John Ross down in the hotel with Emma. And Pamela turns up. And I was blown away by the fact that she you know, said, can I join you? Of course, nobody was expecting that. I liked that. I thought that was like, wow, it's rare that you get, you know, something's that unpredictable. So I did like that, but the reasoning behind it, I'm very curious to see. And she took the pills and she wanted to OD in front of them. 
so it's showing that she does, she's very devastated by it. She feels very betrayed. She's given up a lot for John Ross. She's, she's framed her father. She's done a lot to be with him and she does love him. Um, but you know, I don't know her character. She was in love with Christopher. She was very in love with Christopher. And then, you know, she's pregnant. She loses the babies. And all of a sudden she's not in love with Christopher anymore. She's in love with John Ross. I mean, it just moves too fast. And I, I just don't feel like it's genuine. And it doesn't make the characters people you can connect with and understand. It doesn't give them any credibility. And I just feel like her reaction to finding this out about Emma and John Ross wasn't very credible. It really wasn't. I could see if she went and joined them as a, as a part of a larger scheme for revenge. That would be great, and that would be smart. If she did that, and it was unexpected, and we're all jaw-dropped, and suddenly we think, oh, she's going to go, she's going to roll with it like that, and then we get gotcha later when we find out it's, it's part of a larger scheme for revenge. Now, that would be good. But to, to find that she is just as, you know, she's just turning into, you know, the Suell into his JR. You know, I don't know how exciting that is because we still have Sue Ellen basically behaving as if JR's still around, cheating on her. So, you know, we need to we need to step it up. We need the to level of intelligence in this writing to step up a bit because it could be so much better and, you know, just working with what's there. Drew, the whole Ramos situation, I, I wouldn't mind if they disappeared. Tired of seeing their mom. All she does is cry and, you know, whine every time you see her. She's got tears in her eyes. You know, her character is very one note. And um, it's time to cut them loose. <laughs> so now I'll talk a little bit about what I would like to see um, and what I'm looking forward to when it comes back in August, which, you know, I understand why they're taking this hiatus. Um, but I don't know that it helps in growing the audience. And I would love to see it go back to Wednesday nights. I'd like to see Elena's cover blown. I see that she was, you know, making a turnaround and Nicholas, you know, poking holes in her diaphragm. Oh my God, where's that going? And <laughs> what happened to Nicholas's wife? Just as they were trying to make it a little interesting, you know, for her to find out that he's lying to her too. Um, the wife just disappeared. She showed up one episode and now she's gone. I mean, one or two episodes. So, you know, where, what happened to that? So if Elena ends up pregnant now, what is she going to go back to Christopher and not know which one she's pregnant for? I mean, that whole storyline doesn't need to go any further. She needs to have to, you know, beg to get back into Christopher's life. And now that he's involved with someone else, um, I'd really love to, you know, it'd be interesting to see that dynamic play out. Similar to the Pam, Jenna, Bobby triangle from the original show. I would like to definitely see her have to really, really eat crow after what she's done. Um, because, and not it just be, oh, like, like when Pamela you know, married and married Christopher, Christopher under false pretenses and everybody's forgotten all about that. And she's just now she's involved with John Ross and now everybody trusts her because she's doing all these things, you know, to support their family and everything. But it's like, oh my God, this woman, I mean, I spoke about this on the, the last podcast, but this woman came in, lied about who she was, married into the family and, and it's just, it's never spoken of again. It's just so, so strange to me. So I hope they don't handle 
Elena's duplicitousness the same. I want to see Elena eat crow because <laughs> what she's done is so ridiculous. Also can't wait to see what ends up happening with John Ross and Pamela. Um, you know, her taking these pills. Was she really trying to kill herself? Is she scheming? I'd like to see her scheming. I'd like to see them split up because I've, I've just never liked her for John Ross. I know they have their fans. I'm not one of them. I, I just felt like it was so sloppy seconds because she was originally deeply in love with Christopher. And to simply transfer that now to John Ross just um, didn't make any sense. I don't think she ever really made it up to Christopher, what she, how she hurt him, how she lied to him over and over again. And their whole relationship was not treated with a whole lot of respect. It was just like, oh, now she's in love with John Ross. So again, lack of emotional connection, lack of emotional truth. And I, I really would love to see these things be improved upon. I'd also love to see Annie get back in her right mind. Like I said before, I won't beleaguer the point, but she doesn't need to be running into Ryland's arms. Um, I think that's foul. I'd also love to see more of the original characters come back into play. Ray keeps putting in appearances, but we need to know what happened to Lucas and Jenna. Where are they? He never mentions them. They're never addressed, yet he shows up with Lucy all the time. It doesn't make sense. We need to write some explanation. And I would love to see, as I my campaign to have it done, I'd say it on every episode, we need Lucas back because Lucas is Bobby's biological son. And we can also bring in JR's other son, James. That would be really, 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 really interesting, as well as Lucas, because Christopher is adopted. And I would also like to see them address the fact that Christopher is Sue Ellen's nephew because Kristen, Sue Ellen's sister, was Christopher's biological mother, the one who ended up in the pool. They need to address that. Those are very interesting things that can help tap into the emotional reserve or the emotional center of the original series and bring, breathe some life into these and dimension into the new characters. So that would be a really, really good idea to start tapping into their history and how they came about. And even John Ross at one time, they didn't know whether Cliff was, a, JR thought Cliff was his father. And, you know, so they're very intertwined twined and those things can create a lot of arcs and a lot of um real intrigue that would really grow an audience and and tap tap interest and i'd also love to see some sneak peeks you know released of some key scenes from the upcoming episode that helps to create a lot of buzz too and excitement so that would be fun so overall that's it that's all i got on um where there's smoke. I wasn't that impressed with the episode. I was, you know, more disappointed. I would give it a C overall, but I will be right in front of the TV August 18th or whenever it is that uh, the season three will be back because I can't wait to see where things go and whether or not things continue as they've gone or if they'll get some better writing going on on Dallas. But I want to thank everyone involved for bringing this show back. And I want to ask our listeners to comment below and let us know what you think. Why doesn't the new Dallas have even a small percentage of the audience, the size of the audience that the original Dallas had? Do you agree with my observations? Do you disagree? Comment, let me know. And I want to wish everybody a great summer. And I will be back in August to share my thoughts on episode nine, season three. 
and what happens then. Looking forward to it. Bye for now.